are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join Colby and I for an hour-long pregame chat before the Mariners play the Royals tomorrow night. It is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. If this is your first time stopping by, welcome to the show. We greatly appreciate you tuning in. I am your host, Tidey Gonzalez, reporter and editor at Seahawk Maven on SI.com. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patno. Together, we co-founded a Mariners blog called TruthToTheTriton.com. We also host an hour-long Mariners podcast called Control the Zone twice a week on Patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone. So uh, give it a Give it a little look-see. On today's show, the Mariners completed a much-needed sweep against the Oakland Athletics yesterday. We're going to get you caught up on all you need to know about that. Later on in the show, we're going to ask the question, who would you want starting a single elimination playoff game for the Mariners this fall? And finally, we'll tell you why the Mariners not trading for Royals second baseman Whit Merrifield was the right decision. But first, I want to remind you to give this show a follow or subscribe to it wherever you prefer your podcasts, or else your fun differential will be, let's say, negative 3,000. And speaking of fun differential, the term that Scott Service coined yesterday, and to be fair, the first I actually ever heard the term fun differential with this team was from our good buddy Shane Hall, the creator of TridentDeck.com. So is Scott Service stealing memes? That's a conversation for another time. But of course, People who attempt to disparage the 2021 Mariners tend to point to their run differential, which currently sits at a whopping negative 56, but the Mariners just don't care whatsoever. They are now 11 games over 500 for the first time this year, getting their 69th nice win of the season yesterday against the Oakland Athletics, completing a two-game sweep of the A's and pulling within just one game of them and the standings that if you listen to the, if to yesterday's episode, then um, we told you so. Luis Torrens, Tom Murphy, Jared Kelnick, Colby and I's three picks to click yesterday went a combined six for 11 with two doubles and four RBI as the Mariners went five to one in the afternoon affair. So Colby, you ready to take your victory lap? Well, as you may know, I'm, I'm much more humble than you. So, um, I'm content uh, with just saying, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we had a good day in the prognostication um, department. But, uh, yeah, no, we're, uh, we're smart and stuff. Yes, we, we, we did the smart thing. Uh, offense finally happened. They, they actually provided some offense for once. They get five runs. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys are hitting. Uh, they got to Cole Irvin, who... You know, gave up another seven hits and just went three innings against an offense like that. To be fair, I mean, you love to see it, right? To be fair, he did only allow three three runs, which is the low that he's allowed mm. against the Mariners this year. So upgrades. Mm-hmm. Yep. He also had a low in strikeouts. He had none on the day. Uh, not a good day for old Cole Irvin against again an offense like that. A team like that. By the way, it's sad. Uh, it is just like the Oakland Athletics record against the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> yep. Uh, Chris Flexen didn't have his best stuff, but he battled and gave mm-hmm. the Mariners six and two thirds innings of one run ball. Drew Steckenrider goes the rest of the way for a seven out save. And this game really, you know, could not have gone better for the Mariners. The pitching got them by. 
The bats, like I said, were able to produce when they were needed the most, and it was one of the least anxiety-inducing wins they've had all year. They look good and continue to look good against the A's, who they're now, as you said, eight and four against them on the year. Yeah, it's it's you know it's getting to the. It, yesterday was a very boring game by Mariner standards, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. technically, the, it, it was a comeback victory, although I don't count those unless it happens after the fifth inning. But they, mm-hmm. they were down one to nothing early. And, you know, they just never looked back and they just offense was stagnant for a little while there. But, you know, the, the two runs they tack on in the uh, eighth uh, really just put mm-hmm. that one away. So, uh, yeah, or the ninth, whatever inning it was, uh, just put it away. And it was just never really like there really wasn't ever a threat even that Oakland really put out. I think they got to one point they had runners on first and second uh, with two yeah, outs. Seventh. Yeah. Yes. And, and Elvis then, Andrews uh, doubled. Yeah. And then uh, second rider uh, came out and recorded a seven out save. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that, that move by service, you know, his yep. pitch count was really low despite having already gotten four outs and you have tomorrow, you have today, then tomorrow off and uh, you can kind of reset your bullpen and you could save the rest of it. So now every, everybody else in the bullpen has gotten two days off and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I like that move by Scott. I thought it was uh, really smart. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think I even said to you, or um, that it was that I was like, "All right, cool, They're, just go for it, just let, leave them in there." Especially because you know you didn't have Seawald available, mm-hmm. and presumably, and you know Diego Castillo's hurt. Who else are you going to? You know, up especially at the time it was three to one. Yeah, who else were you going to go to? So. Yeah, and, you know, and getting those extra two runs, I think it was, uh, I, I I don't know, maybe you could have thrown Joe Smith in there or someone like that, but I, I feel okay with it. I feel okay I feel, with it. I feel like it was Steckenrider until he struggled, mostly because yeah. the pitch count was so low. And, and we've seen Steckenrider do this before. He'll get three outs on like seven pitches. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of what he does now. Teams are very aggressive with Steckenrider, and it backfires on him. I think he only threw like 26 pitches yesterday to get seven mm-hmm. outs and i mean if that was just one inning of work he still might be available today uh, but that was over two and a third and and you know if the team played today he probably wouldn't be available but uh they don't so uh he's uh he's probably ready to go by thursday so uh just a really good day you know on the mound um and you know a really good day by the bottom of that lineup uh six through nine they all had a hit i think they all either had an RBI or scored a run. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was a really good day. You know, uh, they picked up, you know, Ty France didn't have a, an especially great day by his standards. Mitch Haniger didn't either. So, uh, bottom of the order really stepped up and, uh, got the Mariners a, uh, much needed win. Yeah. I think, uh, Dylan Moore got the last RBI, mm-hmm. right? Yep. For the, to make it five, one. Yeah. They, they, I mean, that's, been a, a nice thing that's kind of shown up here and there from time to time the bottom of the lineup coming through when the top of the lineup struggles and um, you know it didn't seem like they were going to have a good day at all the Mar- the Mariners overall um, when the game started I mean Chris Flexen was everything was up in the zone he was catching a lot of plate it was just a lot of hard contact from the A's and I told you you know I messaged you after the first inning or even during the first inning I was like this is going to be a long afternoon <laughs> And um, it was very much that meme, the, the you know, call, call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> right. 
no, it was it was a really uh, really chill game. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was nice to see the team win by you know have a four run lead and actually not give up three runs. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, it was fun. It was it was a nice, easy, simple game. Kind of boring, but hey, you know what? They have a few more like that down the stretch. I'll be just okay. Yeah, I will absolutely take that one hundred percent for sure. Um, Mariners, you know, of course, are, are not in a wild card spot just yet, but it's hard not to think about October baseball with the way that this team is playing right now. So if they do make it, who should take the bump for the Mariners in a one game playoff? We're going to discuss that in a moment, but real quick, a reminder that this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Colby and I will be hosting rooms for Lockdown Mariners once a week, so yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day because Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about Major League Baseball. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E. GNZLZ and Colby at Colby Patnode to be notified when our room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. We're planning to be live tomorrow, Thursday, the 26th, before the Mariners kick off their series against the Royals. We can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Mariners. So we'll see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Tomorrow, we'll get you set for the Mariners' four game series against the Kansas City Royals. But right now, we're going to play the hypothetical game a little bit. Like I said, it is hard to watch this team and not let your mind wander to a potential playoff appearance. Of course, they're still trailing the Red Sox by three games for that second wild card. Still have to leapfrog the A's as well, but let's just say that they do. They would likely play the Yankees in the wild card round at Yankee Stadium, a place they went just one and three at earlier this month. The Yankees, of course, the hottest team in baseball right now, 11-game winning streak, really good balance lineup, and there's a non-zero chance you'd have to go up against Garrett Cole and that one. So your odds would be, let's say, minimal at best. But if you want to give yourself the best chance to win, it's going to have to come down to the pitching. So Colby, I'll ask you this, ignoring how the rotation may line up heading into that game and how that may dictate who you, you know, end up going with, who are you giving the ball to at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, assuming that I have my choice of anybody, which probably is not going to be the case. Now, but assuming that I do, I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Marco, which mm-hmm. you know it's it's a bit of a tough decision for me, um, mainly because I, I am assuming the the opponent will be the Yankees. However, you know Yankees they might catch Tampa, and you know maybe maybe Tampa's sure. that team. So it's definitely sure. still possible. It's definitely still out there. But assuming it's the Yankees, I'm going with Marco over Chris Flexen. Um, Despite the right-handed heavy, you know, lineup in in, in New York, ideally mm-hmm. Logan Gilbert would be throwing the ball really well, and I would use him. Uh, but a, he's not. B, he might be at the end of his rope anyways in terms of pitches that he can throw. And and C, I, I don't really want to put him out there, you know, on the you know in the first playoff game in twenty years at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems like a lot of pressure to put yeah. on a, a young kid like that. So I'm going to go with Marco. I'm going to go with a guy who's pitched in the postseason before people forget this, but Marco Gonzalez does have postseason experience. He's pitched in Yankee stadium before 
he's kind of the the leader of my pitching staff. He's a he's a guy I want to build around, um, and I've trusted to be this you know this team captain essentially. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Marco uh, over Flexen, uh, and also I, I just feel like Marco has a longer track record than Flexen, and, and we saw yesterday you know if Flexen goes in the Yankee Stadium and he's up in the up in the zone like that, and he gives up a lot of hard contact anyways. That game could get ugly pretty fast. So I'm going to go with Marco. He's just, I think he's earned it. I think he's the guy I trust the most. And he does have a little bit of postseason experience, which is something that nobody else in the rotation right now uh, can boast. Uh, so I'll go him. But uh, I, I think I know what you're going to say. And I'm excited to hear you uh, explain it. Yeah. So this is probably going to sound crazy. But I'm going Yusei Kikuchi. And, wow. And okay. That is not what I thought you'd say. Oh, you thought I was going to say Tyler Anderson? No, I <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I'm going Chris Flexen or I'm going Chris Flexen or Logan Gilbert, but for like okay. the first time through the lineup, and then I'm going like Tyler Anderson <laughs> the second time through. Like I thought you were gonna like bullpen this thing. No, 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 no. no. Just play no. matchup from out one to twenty seven. <laughs> I mean, you could do that in theory. You could, um, but look, I I know you say it's been bad since the All Star break. I I get how this sounds, but. If you want to beat the Bronx Bombers at Yankee Stadium, that glorified Little League ballpark where routine pop flies turn into grand slams, you need to keep the ball on the ground and you need to miss bats. And Kikuchi right now sports the 10th best ground ball rate in the league at 49.9%. He's also averaging nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Best of any Mariner starter. And obviously there's a flip side to the ground ball stuff because Kikuchi has given up a ton of home runs this year. I think it's fourth highest in all of baseball. Right. He's given up 26 dingers. This year, I, again, I get it sounds crazy, but I think to beat the Yankees, you kind of have to be a little bit crazy and you, know, you got to think outside the box. Should it be Marco? Probably. I understand that he's your captain and he's pitching really well right now and he generates weak contact. But you say has a tool set that can exploit New York's weaknesses. And I think he might give you the best chance of any pitcher you have to just shut them down because that's what you need. If you're going up against mm-hmm. You know, Cole, for example, you're likely scoring twice at best. And you say in his two career starts at Yankee Stadium, 12 and two-thirds innings pitched, seven hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts. You're going to have to luck into a shutout or a one-run outing against the Yankees, which Mm -hmm. the odds of that are so, so little in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, uh, looking at this rotation, I just I think you say gives you the best shot to kind of run into that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like, even though none of these guys are really capable of doing it, if yeah. somebody mm-hmm. was going to be able to go pitch for pitch with Garrett Cole in the mm-hmm. rotation as it sits right now, it's probably Yusei Kikuchi. He's got the best stuff. Now, mm-hmm. can he control it? You know, does is he going to have his good fastball? You would hope in a playoff game he would be amped up and he would have that fastball. Is the cutter command going to be there? So, like, Raw stuff wise, yeah, he's he's clearly the best stuff in this rotation. Um, but in terms of like how trustworthy is he, he's probably at the bottom with Logan Gilbert, right? I mean, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's either him or Gilbert, uh, and you, it's it's probably just above Gilbert. Uh, however, again, if the goal is to go in there and win, not keep it close. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you have to when you're clearly the underdog, you have yeah. to take big swings. And Kikuchi is a guy who is more likely than, say, Marco to go seven scoreless innings in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know the beauty of any playoff game is that you don't have you're not committed to to you say you're not like oh well we have to get him through six to save the bullpen today uh nope if he gives you four scoreless and and you know then he walks two guys and, and you got to bring in Paul Seawald in the fifth and that's what you got to do so um it, it it's the bullpen makes this discussion a little bit gray because the bullpen's been so good but also mm-hmm. the bullpen's not you know eight guys deep there's really like four guys now that Castillo's down there's like four guys that you feel pretty good about right now mm-hmm. um and so you you know it all bets are off in a playoff game though so if Chris Flexen has to come out and give you two innings then that's what you have to do so uh yeah but you you went with the the upside play which uh I get yeah, I think you just need to swing for the fences if you're going against the Yankees. Now, if you're going up against the Rays, then that's there's a different conversation to be had there because, I mean, you played pretty well against the Rays, and the Rays don't have this just world-beating offense, right? They have good hitters, don't get me wrong, but they're just a good overall baseball team in general. Mm-hmm. And I think Marco and Flexen make more sense for a game like that because if you can get if you can keep things close, I mean, we've seen the Mariners be able to play pretty well against them. We know what they're game plan is against the Rays. It's just with the Yankees. It's just that's a team that you could quickly find yourself down three nothing against in the second inning and the game's over at that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you say could blow up, right? It could easily be like eight nothing right away. You know, but there's also the non zero chance that he gives you the start that he's given you twice at Yankee Stadium before. And he shuts them down. Mm-hmm. And at that point, who knows? You know, maybe, you know, you get a, a random, you know, fluky little hit off of Garrett Cole and it's one nothing Mariners going into the stuff. And now you have Drew Steckenrider and Paul Seawald to shut the door. Feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I, I think you have to, but, um, Hey, you know, you get to get to that one game playoff and then we could uh we can start to uh <laughs> you know, really start to pick apart, you know, who who's who's the guy and how should you do mm-hmm. this and how should you attack this? But uh got to get there first and I think we have what 35 games to go. Got to make up 3 on Boston. Mm-hmm. Um Yep. So you still got a ways to go, but uh hey, you know, it, it's it's hard not to feel optimistic right now and then you're putting some distance between you and, and Toronto even. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's starting to become kind of a three horse race now. Toronto is. Yeah. I mean, I, I bad would, ball right now. I wouldn't rule them out just yet. No, they're, they're way too talented to rule them out, but yeah, it's not, it's not trending well for them. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's not trending all that well for Oakland and it's not trending all that well for Boston. Um, who just, barely won a, a two game series or a three game series against the, the Rangers, which I know Mariners have no room, no, you know, room to brag about that. Seeing as that's how they spent the entire season against Texas. Um, <laughs> but then they, they barely held off Minnesota. Who's not even close to the same team they were in April and they weren't even good in April. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, think things not trending super great for the other contenders. Whereas Seattle's playing really good baseball and the Yankees are just on another planet right now. Yeah, well, and the big difference we've we've talked about we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this on Locked On, uh, but we definitely did on Control the Zone, Patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone. By the way, that you know the Mariners, out of all these teams, 
have the best bullpen. And that's been kind of the difference. It's definitely been the difference in their head-to-head matchups with these teams. And Mm -hmm. it's what's keeping them afloat. You look at the Red Sox, you look at the Blue Jays, a lot of these teams are blowing leads. Mm -hmm. The Red Sox, again, the Red Sox were up 9-2 to yesterday on the Twins. They won 11-9. to They almost lost, if not for a Kike Hernandez two-run home run that made it 11-8 to at the time. But the Twins ended up getting that ninth run that would have tied it. Yep. And they were threatening. They were threatening in the mm-hmm. ninth. Matt Barnes had nothing against them, and Hansel Rowells came in and shut them down. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I look at the I look at these teams, and they are very clearly flawed in a very important part of their roster for heading into the, play, the postseason with. You need a good bullpen. Mm-hmm. To win in the postseason, you need a good bullpen to win in September. And those teams just do not have it right now. Oakland does not have it. Toronto does not have it. Boston does not have it. The Mariners do. Yep. So we'll see. Um, well, when the uh, Royals come to town tomorrow, uh, the Mariners will see firsthand a player they were linked pretty closely to at the trade deadline. We're going to tell you why it didn't come together and why. That was the right decision in the end for the Mariners. But first, a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Leading up to the trade deadline, Mariners general manager Jerry DePoto said a second baseman was at the top of his wish list shortly thereafter. Rumors linked the team to Royals all-star second baseman with Merrifield, but nothing Eventually came of it, and the Mariners ended up acquiring Abraham Toro from the Astros. Of course, since Toro was acquired, he's been, well, <laughs> he's been one of the best hitters in all of baseball, quite frankly. He's slashing 320, 400, 474 with a 149 WRC plus and three home runs in his first month with the Mariners. Meanwhile, Whit Merrifield in that time has slashed 292, 319, 345 with an 82 WRC plus, no home runs, and 12 steals. Overall, he's hitting. 278, 321, 392 with a 93 WRC plus this year. It's been worth nearly three wins per Fangraphs war this year. So definitely don't take this as us saying he's bad. He's most certainly not. He's a stellar defender at both second base and the outfield. And he's stolen 37 bases in all. He's a great base runner in general. And he comes on a very team-friendly contract. But the profile I described is just not worth the price the Royals put on him. Colby. Tell us what that price was and why DePoto and company were right not to pay it. Yeah, so based on everything that we know, um, what we've been told by a few people, and I, I think at this point it's pretty generally, you know, general knowledge, um, is that the Royals were asking for at least one of the Kelnick, Rodriguez, Gilbert, Hancock, Kirby, uh, 
quintuplet. Marte. At least. Uh, yeah, Marte even too. Uh, so one of those six um, to start negotiations on, on Whit Merrifield. And obviously that is, I mean, to be frank, it's insulting to the intelligence of, of Jerry DePoto. Um, mm-hmm. It's Whit Merrifield's not worth any of that. He's not worth anything close to that. And, and, you know, like you said, Merrifield is, he's a, he's a good player. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. Whit Merrifield's a good player. Average bat, you know, this year slightly below average, but uh, overall average, really good base runner, great base stealer, really good de- defensively, can move around, can do a lot of things. He's a nice player to have, but yeah. this is roughly the equivalent of, you know, Seattle going to Atlanta and saying, hey, give us Christian Pache for, for Mitch Haniger at the deadline. I, it just, it doesn't make sense. So I, I feel like, you know, the Royals never really wanted to move Whit Merrifield. And that kind of makes sense because the Royals are kind of an interesting team. They're, they're kind of similar to the Mariners. They're, they're in the middle of a rebuild, but they're maybe on, on the back half of it. And you can start to see what they're building in the rotation. And they have some really young, you know, really cool young middle infielders. And this winter they went out and they spent money on guys like Carlos Santana and they traded for Andrew Benatendi, who's having a pretty nice year, by the way, I think. Um, and they, they, it looks like they are trying to make that next step. So trading with Merrifield for them would kind of be in their mind, taking a step back. So I get why they thought they needed, you know, the blow me away offer to move Merrifield, but that asking price is, is frankly ridiculous. And there are only, you know, at second base, there might not be a second baseman in all of baseball. That's worth that to the Seattle Mariners. So uh, or anybody, to be honest with you. So, yeah, just a ridiculous asking price. It was something that DePoto was never interested in doing. We know that. Um, it doesn't mean that none of those guys will get traded. In fact, I'm, I'm fairly certain one or two of them are getting traded this winter, but not for a guy like Whit Merrifield, who's in his 30s and is a you know average-ish bat who gives you base running and defense. That's, that's not what DePoto is going to trade these guys for. Yeah, absolutely not. You just You can't do it. You can't do it. There's no way to justify that whatsoever. You know, I, I said when the uh, first report came from Mike from Mark Feinstein uh, that they were, you know, in negotiations with the Royals about Merrifield that, um, you know, at most it would be Taylor Trammell. And, you know, I made peace with that. And I still even then thought maybe that was kind of a little bit of an overpay. I feel like Whit Merrifield's kind of the guy that you trade the Joey Gallo package for. You know, what the Rangers just got for Joey Gallo, which is a good package, but it's more like you know, couple couple B prospects, you know, couple C prospects. That's you know, that's kind of what what Merrifield should be going for, not Nolvi Marte, one of the top ten prospects in baseball, not Julio Rodriguez, one of the top ten prospects in baseball, not Jerry Kelnick, who was top three prospect in baseball, right. That's just not that's not who Whit Merrifield is. Those are guys that you trade for like a, a an ace. Or you trade for, for example, right? Hypothetically, let's say that the Mariners had traded Noel V. Marte uh, for Brady Singer. Right. Like eh, you probably want Marte more in the long run, but Singer's a really nice, you know, interesting arm who has major league experience. He's got 
I think five years of club control and he's ready to help you right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. But a 30 year old who's got two years left on his contract, 32 year old, 32 year old. Yes. Who's got two years left on his contract. The bats declining a little bit. I mean, again, Whit Merrifield is a good player. He's yeah. not an all-star. He's not, you know, a guy who's going to completely change the outlook of your franchise. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Royals were asking for for the Mariners to pay elite freight for a good player. Yeah. That's just never going to happen. Yeah, like I said, you just can't do it. Can't justify it. It's just it's it's uh, they wanted you know seventy cents more on the dollar than than what what Merrifield is worth. It's not like that. <laughs> you thought that the Jose Barrios trade was an overpay. I mean, think think about that. Right. Think about the Whit Merrifield yeah. thing. Like that's just <laughs> that's just ridiculous. And maybe maybe Jack Zarensic would have done it. <laughs> and to to be quite fair, he probably has no interest in a player like Whit Merrifield who has you know versatility and not really a ton of power. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, doesn't belong now, at what, first base. Yeah, if Whit Merrifield if Whit Merrifield played first base in DH and that was his versatility, uh, Jack would would be all over that. He'd he'd be a starting center you'd be the starting center fielder i mean but uh yeah it's just it's just dumb um it's 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 a ridiculous asking price yeah which means that you know and i think you said this was that yeah they probably weren't all too serious about trading him and in the end nope nope and that's fine yeah and there's obviously some sentimental value with 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 merrifield in kansas city as well and Mm -hmm. you know well, that's silly to me, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, they, I, I, I get it. Teams, teams do do that. Yeah. But you know, this is a team that literally they won a world series. Right. And then for sentimental reasons, they hung on to Eric Hosmer, Lorenzo Cain and Mike Moustakis instead of trading them when they needed to. Mm-hmm. And they got nothing yeah. for those guys. So, yeah, yep, it's, it's, it's not, not great, but, uh, Hey, you know, Kansas city, they, they do stuff like that. And, and, I get it. You know, Whit Merrifield's a good player, but we'll see. I, I, w- I would think that this might be a tell that Kansas City is going to be aggressive, you know, for them once again this winter. Um, mm-hmm. At least I hope. Otherwise, you know, not really seriously considering trading Whit Merrifield doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And maybe this is something that gets revisited in the offseason. Maybe sure. they come down on their asking price. We've talked about it on CTZ that yeah, if, you, we, if you can get Whit Merrifield, Pretty good player. Yeah. No, it's, he helps it's you. very Yes. Very nice. And you can move him around and you can essentially use him like Dylan Moore, only he would play more regularly. Um, mm-hmm. But we've been told that uh, when it comes to second base, possibly third base, but mostly second base this winter, the Mariners are, quote, thinking bigger. So mm-hmm. uh, bigger than Whit Merrifield. You can draw your own conclusions off of that. Sure. All right. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope to see you tomorrow. We're going to get you set for the Mariners four-game series with the Royals. For Colby Patnote, I'm Ty Dan Gonzalez, and this has been Locked On Mariners. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.
Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.